following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We're at Minute 36 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how you doing? The guy this movie's named after, is, he's, he's being put to death. And I just What's the next hour of this movie going to be about? What are we going to talk about? Kathleen Health Department, that's a sign of their weakness. <laughs> so joining us and i am very excited i i am i'm not crying as much as uh, eric although i understand his sadness because yeah what's gonna happen they killed flash um but i'm very excited because joining us we have kathleen mocklin kathleen how are you i am fantastic brad um and i'm very excited to to be on the show so a uh, lover of all things queen and um Watched Flash for the first time since 1989 over the weekend, and wow! <laughs> now that's interesting. You know the you know the year of the last time you watched the movie. I do because I I just remember it was 1989. I remember being five. Um, I remember it wasn't quite the 90s yet. Like 90s House wasn't out yet. Um, Whitney Houston was just starting to get, you know, kind of a thing going. So it was definitely 1989. And I was in kindergarten, so I had to have been five. Yeah. Children, Children I say. <laughs> yeah, 1989, I believe I was a freshman in high school. Oh, well. Young people can like cool things, too. <laughs> I am ever a supporter of young people. So, um you, to our listeners, you may recognize Kathleen's voice. She is a frequent and excellent contributor to Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Kathleen is the first person other than me to ever host an episode of the show. That's how much I like Kathleen, and that's how much she brings to the table that I was more than happy to hand over the reins to her. And uh, it was a well-received episode talking about Wonder Woman, and you've uh, taken the reins over a couple times since then. So... Uh, just outrageously happy to have you here. Oh, I'm I'm just gushing. I'm verklempt right now. I don't know what to say. So, um, very happy to be here. And minute thirty six. What a minute! Um, one of my favorite lines. I know that you already said it, but um, you know, Aura's like oh, water's coming or leaking from her eyes or something. Like, what is that? And then there's this awkward as hell close up on Dale. And she's just like, oh, you know, and freaking out like this kind of like 1930s, you know, she's got a case of the vapors type thing, which is weird for a female actor to be doing, in my opinion, in 1980, but whatever. Um, and then I love Ming's line here. I love it. It's so goth. It's so <laughs> evil. He's, he's dressed all in black and I want to know who his tailor is so badly. And he's all in black and he's got his pimp chalice and it's gold and it's like bejeweled and everything. And he's just like, it's what they call tears. It's a sign of their weakness. And it was just like, Oh my God, this guy is so cool. He's so awesome. 
I I don't know about the listeners out there or Eric or Brad, but I really like villains. I think they're so interesting and fun. So, and Ming is a, a heck of a villain, I must say. So. Oh yeah, I my, my favorite character in this movie is Clytus. Um, since I was a little kid, I've been a huge Darth Vader fan. I love villains, sure. And, and especially in a movie like this, where Flash is a nice guy and he's definitely the hero and. You are rooting for him, but without some good villains, some good scenery-chewing villains, this movie doesn't have nearly the punch that it has. Yeah, and uh, I got to say, this is one of those movies where I, I, I liked it. It was very lush and colorful. It reminded me quite a bit of um, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ragnarok. I know that y'all mentioned that on an earlier episode, but that was my first immediate thought. I was like, wow, they this really reminds me of the stuff that's coming out right now by Marvel. And maybe they should redo flash Gordon to kind of mimic what they're doing with guardians of the galaxy. I, I would love to see that. And this movie is so fun and it's so colorful and it's so silly and what an, a perfect and amazing band to have compose the music for this movie. My favorite band queen. Oh my gosh. I'll gush on them later, but I just want to focus on the minute. Because, Eric, I know you're a big fan, too, I heard. Oh, yeah. Love Queen. So um, I've got some notes for, like, later minutes on them. But um, when I was watching this movie, I was distracted. So I looked away, you know, doing other things like dishes or whatever. And anytime I would look up, I'd be like, oh, my God, what is happening? And this was one of those minutes. And, you know, he's going to the chair, um, flashes. They have, like, the guards dressed all in black. And the one random doctor guy like hanging out. And then all of a sudden I look up and there's just like gas around Flash. And I'm like, did he have like a bad (laughs) case of Taco Bell like going on? What is going like what is going on here? And there's like this most strange music playing. It sounds like a spa. So there's just like this green gas and like this spa music going. And I don't know. I've I've been trapped inside for like four days because I've been snowed in, so Maybe my brain just isn't there, but um, I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> well, what's great is uh, Kathleen shared you're in uh, Wyoming right now. Yeah, Wyoming. Yeah. You've been snowed in for four days. Four days. Oh, my God. I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. So this was um, a form of entertainment, really, getting on this show. And thank you both for keeping me somewhat sane. Well, well, from from what I know from people who get snowed in for that long, one of two things either happened. Uh, first, you resorted to cannibalism. <laughs> well, that hasn't happened yet. Maybe the day five. I don't know. So. Second, nine months from now, there's going to be a little Kathleen running around. Uh, yeah, that's not – no. No kids. <laughs> no kids here. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Um <laughs> I'm thinking about the Simpsons episode when Homer and Mr. Burns are trapped in that snow lodge. Oh, man. Oh, the Simpsons. That's a... Did the Simpsons ever do a Flash Gordon nod? You know, they usually do, like, references to classic movies and stuff like that. Did they ever do? It seems like they should have. Sounds like something would have done, but I don't... Nothing's jumping to mind. I feel like they've referenced everything in pop culture. I, I, I really feel like they've... That would be interesting to look up. I'm going to look it up later. I'm looking it up right now. But then just like something else in the scene. So I saw the gas. I'm like, oh, okay, he's being gassed. And he's got clearly this spray-painted trash can 
like this black spray painted, spray painted trash can on his head, uh, flash. And then this, you know, dorky little doctor guy comes up and like shoots him with something. It looks like a gold spray painted caulking gun. I don't know. It's just like the scenery was so well done. They spent a lot of money on the scenery, I think, and the costuming and then just like little things like clearly the trash can put over Flash's head and then this little spray painted caulking gun thing. I don't know. That's supposed to like, I don't know. They're gassing him. So why shoot him up with stuff? You know, like I'm not really understanding. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is the doctor injects him and, and, and he tells him this will help you on your way. And I assume he doesn't inject every single person who gets gas because this specifically is because Aura doesn't want Flash to die. So why is no one questioning what he's doing? He's got this case he probably never has with him before. And he, and he couldn't be any more obvious either. I mean, why not just wear a giant sign and use a megaphone? You know, I mean, it's just he doesn't even try to hide it. I, I know that's going to be answered in another minute. But like I was just it just didn't make any sense to me at the time. I was like, what is this guy doing? But that's a good point. You know, maybe he's friends with Aura. Is it Aura or is it Aura? Aura? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Aura. that that makes sense. But hoping that'll be answered a little better in the next coming minutes. So, um, and then I took some other notes here. Uh, I don't know. There was just like some weird music going on. It didn't sound a lot like Queen, but it did. Um I don't know. Well, that's the great thing about Queen. Queen doesn't sound like the same band from one song to the next very often. But it just kind of like there was a moment in this minute or maybe the next one where it sounded like cliche studio music. I don't know. It didn't sound like to the quality of Queen. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I've got a pretty good ear for Queen. So I just I didn't know if maybe like, oh, crap, we don't have enough. And we added the scene after the fact, you know, and Queen only had so many minutes of music or something. I don't know. Are you sort of referencing that it was like a lone guitar sound, which I really like. It's this sort of lonely electric guitar sound. Well, this song was written by uh, John Deacon, the bassist, and it's one of only two of the songs on the soundtrack that he wrote. It's called Execution of Flash. Uh, Okay, Uh, maybe it's in the next minute, but there was clearly... To me, like the studio sound, like the the director or producers or whatever, just like got like some studio people, and it was like this cliche, like it didn't really sound a lot like Queen, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I just thought it was a little off. Um, and then you know, you know, so he gets gassed, flash, and then it pans to Ming, and he does like this prissy little like cut sign. And I was really hoping he would do kind of like some kind of Mortal Kombat thing where he was like, finish him or, you know, something like that. But um, but again, it's just Ming is so cool. He's just so he's just such a cool villain. And maybe it's best to be more of a silent villain and have like this constant scowl glare on your face with like lots of mascara and stuff. I don't know. You actually bring up a good point. It's something that I called out in my notes where Ming does the throat cut. Uh, they're gassing him. And then... And it is such a, like, basically a delicate move. But I I guess that's who who Ming is, where if he did, like, a big, loud finish him or something theatrical, like, big, loud and theatrical, like a pro wrestler, then it wouldn't be Ming. I mean, what do you think, Eric? Is What makes Ming so uh, unnerving, in a way, in my opinion, is his nonchalance about all this. 
Yeah, I agree. It's just this means nothing to him. Taking a life means absolutely. It's 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 like going and getting a drink of water. He's just like, all right, yeah, let's do this, and you know, let's move on. Yeah, his total lack of respect for life. You know, I mean, he was yeah. basically in the beginning. I know that you'll cover this, but like just toying with planets across the universe, just like hot hail, which is hilarious. Oh my god. I can't, I'm glad that y'all pointed that out in the first couple episodes. <laughs> I just, I kept saying, hot hail, hot hail. <laughs> what is that? I don't understand. Wouldn't it melt? I mean, come on. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, just, I, it's a pretty, he's a really cool villain, but I don't know. I'm just, it was just kind of like a funny side note. It would have been funny if he was just like, oh, finish him or just like something. Because he's clearly got this kind of Asian influence in his look. It's a little racist, I think. <laughs> um, or is racist not a Oh, they're not making Ming today. Ming, this Ming is not making it into a 2018 movie. No, no. This 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 movie couldn't... I want a remake, but some things are going to have to change, obviously. So, and I know that y'all pointed that out um, earlier. But one of, uh, one of my favorite scenes, uh, aside from the opener with that awesome line with Ming and uh, Aura... Uh, there's this red guard banging a drum and it's the most awkward drumming I have ever seen in my life. It's just kind of like, you would think Roger Taylor would be on set maybe and just be like, Hey, teach this dude to like hold a drumstick correctly. Like what, what is he doing? His, his elbow is all the way out. It's just, I, I can't even do it. I'm trying to mimic it right now. And it's just, it's not efficient. And I mean, you know, he's going to get tendonitis or something in his elbow. I mean, it's like, dude, come on, like learn how to beat a drum. Seriously. Um, but yeah, it's, this is a, this is a, an interesting minute, um, you know, flashes, you know, sentenced to death or maybe he's not, we don't know Eric. Right. I mean, there's this golden thing with stuff in it that's being shot in his arm. Like what's that about? So um, we'll have to see in another minute. But uh, uh, I really, I think this movie is just absolutely gorgeous. All the Art Deco um, inspired set design and the costumes. Um, the costuming is just just wonderful. Do we know who did the costuming on the on the show? Is is that listed anywhere? Yes, we do. Um, we talked about it way back during the opening credits. Um... So, if you guys keep chatting, I'll find my notes from that minute. I'll tell you exactly who it is. So, Kathleen, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I don't know. I don't. Brad, did you notice it kind of reminds you of Metropolis a little bit? Did you get this kind of like, I don't know, Metropolis type feel with like all the Art Deco scenery and kind of like this space age type feel? Do you think the director was maybe influenced by that or? Yeah, there's definitely some uh, some from the film Metropolis, um, and there's a lot of Wizard of Oz, of course, and um, you know, it, it, I love movies like this where, uh, and I'm all about the realistic Dark Knight films where Gotham was a city and it was a sort of city you would live in, and but I also love the Tim Burton Batman movies where it's a city in someone's imagination. Mongo is a city and a world in someone's imagination. And I love that. I, I, uh, it's fun to go to a movie where you're watching a world that can only happen in movies. 
And uh, Flash Gordon has that so well, and, and from top to bottom, from the the design of the costumes, from the city, from all the characters. It's like, okay, I'm in a movie, and uh, this is something that I don't, you know, I, I don't want to walk outside and see this. I don't want to go to a movie and see the world that's outside my door sometimes. Sometimes it's great to see something completely ridiculous and over the top. And, uh, you know, that can only uh, that you can only see when you go to the movie theater. Yeah. No, this was a this was a crazy time in, uh, I think, cinema and animated movies uh, for science fiction fantasy. There's a lot of like rock opera stuff going on around this time. Um but I don't know when I was watching Flash Gordon, it just reminded me a lot of like, I know it's not rotoscoping Flash Gordon, but it reminded me so much of like those animated rock operas and other rock operas like Tommy that came out in 1975. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen this movie. Wizards came out in 1977. Have y'all seen that? It's one of those. Ralph uh, Bosky. Yeah. It's one of those fever dream movies that I remember watching as a kid. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's a thing. I wasn't, that wasn't a freakish nightmare that I had. It actually happened. <laughs> yeah. To, to, well, to, to the people who aren't familiar, uh, Wizards was directed by Ralph Bosky, who was uh, known for, he created an R rated cartoon, uh, Fritz the Cat. He also um, produced the second season of the old uh, Spider Man TV show that everyone knows the theme song to. The Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever Spider Man can. He directed the, he, he, he was a producer on the second season of that. Um, and he did this movie called Wizards. And it was a sci-fi fantasy world. And it was, I want to say it was like, um, uh, it, it was just, it, it was very cartoonish looking. But it was also really violent with uh, a lot of sexualized images, which was sort of a Basky specialty. And I, I just remember watching it the first time. And they had one scene where the main character kicked a bad guy and it was like an alien looking bad guy he cracked his head the bad guy cracked his head uh, against a tree or something and his brains just like flew out of his head because of how violent it was i was like what the hell yeah it's an extremely violent grotesque adult movie uh, animated movie and uh you should check it out you should check it out um it's the stuff of nightmares but (laughs) i you know i'm a masochist so i kind of like that but anyway and then well, actually, I think, uh, Eric, did you find the uh, costume person? Yeah, I ran back upstairs from oh, the archives. Gosh. I found my notes. Oh, oh boy, I'm tired. Uh, Danilo Donati, he did the production design, costume design, sets design, and he also had previously worked on Red Sonia and Caligula. What? Okay, Red Sonia. I was about to say the sets, just everything reminded me of another movie that happened in the 80s, and that's it, Red Sonia. Eric, thank you. Um, you're brilliant. That really helps. I can sleep at <laughs> night now. So, um, and then, so you got like all these science fiction fantasy movies coming out in the seventies. And then you have a little movie called star Wars and new hope. And it really changes. Not familiar. Not familiar. Have you heard it? Y'all haven't heard of it. Okay. And I know that y'all talked about the connection with George Lucas and, um, flash Gordon and how, you know, George wanted to do a flash Gordon movie and, it didn't happen. We all wonder what that would have been like. Um, but so he did this thing called Star Wars in 1977, and it really changed how we we see science fiction movies. Little art film. Yeah, from like it's from like you know 
these campy over the top space operas like Flash Gordon to these more grounded, um, I don't know. I don't know. I know Star Wars is a fantasy movie. It can never happen. It's in a galaxy far, far away, but there's some realism to it. It's not as like over the top. The costumes weren't crazy like the prequels, but we don't have to talk about those. Um, but it just, this was like a, just a weird time for science fiction, I remember. And then you had Alien come out in 1979, another little movie by this dude named Ridley Scott or whatever. I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. So, some guy. Some dude did this movie that I, you know, whatever. It's not, it's only my favorite movie of all time, but it doesn't matter. Um, and that was just a really pivotal moment for science fiction and like the thriller genre. And, you know, just really changed kind of the look and feel of a science fiction movie. Like it should be more raw, real, intense, and just like dark. There's hardly any color in Alien. It's a lot of like shadowing and things like that. And it's so different from when we go into 1980 to Flash Gordon. And there's just all of this like color and wow. And like, holy crap. It's just like eating a bunch of pixie sticks all at once. And that's just how when I saw this movie, it was pure joy watching this movie. Well, that's the amazing thing with pop, um, with, with science fiction is science fiction can can encompass both Alien and Flash Gordon. You couldn't have any movies any further apart from each other. With Alien, you have this very claustrophobic, uh, washed out, uh, intense, um, acting heavy piece with. A very little of the alien and you know just uh, all the tension built and then you can have flash gordon which is this candy colored over the top uh campy just you know piece of joy and they're both science fiction and they both um are wonderful at what they do in the genre um now eric we uh man this is everything's going by so fast with this minute what 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 have we missed because uh kathleen did a wonderful job of sort of recapping this minute but i'm trying to think if there was uh any, any what else have we what are some other pieces of action in this minute? Because um, it's a tense minute. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't discussed uh, Clytus's role in the execution. He holds up his black silky <laughs> handkerchief and swings it down to indicate it will begin. I love that. The, the handkerchief is so crazy, and it gets love crazier it. in the next minute, too. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to talk about what he does in the next minute with that handkerchief. Don't you think it's overkill that there's Ming doing the cut thing and then this guy doing the handkerchief? I mean, it's just kind of like... Do we do one or the other? I don't know. But it's really funny. Very formal. Very formal process. Uh, it's protocol. It's in the it's in the SOPs, you know, standard operating practices. So they got to do it. <laughs> Everything's overkill with this minute. From Flash wearing the leather diaper to the throat, throat uh, slashing to the, the handkerchief. It's like, well, good, good Lord. They just – it's all happened so fast. And – What's crazy when you get to minute 37 and 38, how quickly this big moment happens and how quickly things go in different directions in the coming minutes. So it's pretty wild. Well, also, I, just, I like how you know we were talking about the doctor before. I like how it, it appears that there's an actual stethoscope hanging around his neck. It's just like the, you know... The prop guy was like, we got to make sure the viewers know this is a doctor. Uh, just put a stethoscope around his neck. I did not neck. notice I that. That's an awesome catch. I'm going to have to rewatch it again. Oh, my God. That's a little on the nose. It's like, come on. <laughs> the nose is a good word with this doctor, by the way. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, 
No, but it's just like, why would he, wouldn't they have like sonic hearing or something and he wouldn't even get the scope? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> trying to be like, y'all, like, don't take things in, from our real world and put it in this like lush, fun, like super escapism, like hyper reality world that can only exist in and of itself. But I'm going to have to watch that again. I did not notice that. Um, so... Well, the technology of this world makes no sense. Where, yeah, you're right. Well, hell, you have the uh, f- floating narc bot going around that can see the gun in uh, Zarkov's pocket, but you still need a steth- you still need a stethoscope. And of course, this is also the same thing where they have the gun that has like an evil handshake gun. And I was like, what? <laughs> who the hell's inventing this stuff? <laughs> what an incredible R and D department they have. Oh my god. No, like, one of my favorite, like, little action things that they show a lot is, I think, yeah, the gloves that shoot off and just, like, hold people down. And I think there's a a scene later on in the movie where you don't see these gloves being shot off from something. It's just they're on someone holding them down. It's just, like, awkward as hell. But it's fun. It's all fun, right? So um, this is, this is, Man, this movie, it's just a treasure. It's an absolute treasure. <laughs> so. uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Eric, what, what, else is, what else popped out at you from this minute? Well, I wanted to, I wanted to run this, guy, this by you guys. So, you know, we established that clearly the Mongori do not have tears or Aura would have known what they were. So I thought of some other bodily functions that the Mongori might have that might be different than us. Tell me what you guys think. First of all, instead of sweating, to cool down, smoke comes out of the tops of their heads like in cartoons. <laughs> then I thought maybe food is digested in their hearts and air is breathed into their stomachs. And finally, I thought maybe in their ear, nose, throat section of their head, the mucus comes out of their ears, but the wax comes out of their nose. Oh, that is a terrible trade-off. That is a terrible trade-off. I don't want to smell that. Earwax freaks me out. <laughs> yes, yes. It's uh, the the biology is pretty uh, is pretty goofed up. And uh, gosh, it's like, what do your babies do when they're born? They're just like, eh, here I am, because uh, I'm used to a lot of tears from small children. So. Uh, I end up laughing at it too often. My wife says I got to start showing some more empathy towards the kids. It's like, oh, I don't know. That's not really why we had kids. Maybe they're like a Vulcan society just where, you know, they're not supposed to show any emotion, you know, things like that. Um, that's kind of the feeling that I got from that society. Well, they are very Vulcan looking. Uh, they're, 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 uh, and just the way they carry themselves. So, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're a little Vulcan-y. Vulcan-esque. vulcan Little Vulcan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Kathleen, it's uh, you're a unique guest because you don't have really anything in the world of podcasting to plug. You are a frequent contributor to the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, and uh, you always bring your A game. But uh, you don't have your own minute by minute. Or uh, is there anywhere else where people can uh, catch you? I know every now and then you guest uh, here or there. Uh, anywhere else where people should check you out? Um, well, I work for a foundation called Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and it is amazing. We're doing so many awesome, stellar things out of this world, um, just like Flash Gordon. Uh, so you should check it out. Uh, go to www.cff.org. And if you need a guest for your show, 
Give me a call. <laughs> Especially if she has spent four days snowed in Wyoming. Yes, please. I need things to do. <laughs> it's so... Oh my god. I need to get out. I need to get out. Let me get out of here. It's not like there's a whole lot to do in Wyoming any most of the time, but then you snow you in. It's like, wow. Well, the thing is, is that a lot of people around here entertain themselves with, you know, physical outdoor activities like skiing and snowshoeing. And that sounds like absolute hell to me. So, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Uh, but I, it's very beautiful up here during the summer. You know, Yellowstone's like three hours away from me. Um, I do enjoy a good hike, preferably not on a trail where there's mountain lions that may or may not eat me. But, you know, it's it's cool. It is just a, a wild, wild world out here. I open up my door and there are like five deer outside. And I'm just like, oh, God, OK, I'm going to just like go in the backyard right now. That's fine. <laughs> so, um but yeah, it's beautiful. But I'm very happy to be here and love contributing to these podcasts. So Well, we love having you. We do recommend everyone check out CFF.org. Uh, last week, Jarf was with us, and he also works for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and called out uh, how great an organization it is. Uh, it's been fantastic having you with us, Kathleen. Uh, Eric, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Well, we love to chat with you on Facebook in our Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex, where Kathleen herself Ooh. is active. Twitter is Flash Gordon Pod, and email Flash Gordon Minute at gmail.com. All right, well, it's another great minute. Uh, Kathleen, we look forward to having you back with us tomorrow. But, uh, I don't know, Eric, I'm, I'm just worried about myself. You should be with that uh, earwax problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I wish that was it. It's just... When I watch this minute and I see Dale banging against the glass and, you know, calling out for Flash and all I can keep thinking is like, I just, I'm just so worried about her leaving handprints on the glass and how are this going to be cleaned up? And I think that means there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Um, if you've got OCD that is only cured by Windex, that, that is definitely, uh, like it could be part of the DSM four or whatever number they're up to now. But if it is true, don't worry, Flash will save every one of us. Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. I have existed from the morning of the world, and I shall exist until the last star falls from the night. Although I have taken the form of Caius Caligula, I am all men as I am no man, and therefore I am a god. I shall wait for the unanimous decision of the Senate, Claudius. All those who say I, say I. 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 I.
He's a god. Uh, 